Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show. America. If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out Zoom zoomcalls.com that's zoomcalls.com i think you'll love it it's home for conservative not bitter talk radio be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism and listening may cause you to lean to the right Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, my, oh, my, oh, my. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, or you can email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, fears, even adoration and praise. Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those who want to watch the program live or on demand on Facebook, so long as they allow us to do that. By the way, I also should mention that you can always call into the Huff Hotline. That's another way, and we will from time to time play uh, play things from the Huff Hotline. It's simply a, a voicemail system where you can leave your thoughts. We do not currently take live callers. In the morning, and there's a couple of reasons for that that maybe at some point we'll get into, but we might at some point start taking live callers. We just don't do that yet. But that number, 317 455 5250, up and running 24 7. You can leave your thoughts about coronavirus, the Democrat nominee, the NBA, the NCAA, Tom Hanks, his wife, whatever you feel. Um, is pertinent, and if it catches my attention and uh, fits in with what we're talking about, we can uh, certainly look at playing that. In fact, I need to do that more frequently. But anyway, again, that number is 317-455-5250. So, all right, um, where to begin? I guess first I should tell you yesterday there was a technical glitch here in the, the studio on my end. I don't want to go into all the technology here, but... Um, this signal, this signal goes from our home studio and it ends up at the station in a normal situation, (laughs) normal day yesterday that did not work. And it was something on, uh, on my end that we have addressed here. And I do apologize for that. We were all actually chomping at the bit, ready to go talking about the Democrat party primary, which we will, of course, get to. But the big news, of course, at this point today is coronavirus. And I've alluded to a couple of things um, that happened regarding coronavirus. First and foremost, well, I guess you could say Trump addressed the nation last night from the Oval Office. This is a, you know, this is something that's rarely done. I can remember back to the days of being a kid growing up in the 1980s with Ronald 
uh, Reagan as president of the United States. I remember on occasion, on occasion, some news, uh, well, some uh, announcements or speeches of the president in the Oval Office, but these were few and far between. It's not something that's done on a regular basis. It's something that's, you know, it's done to communicate the seriousness of an issue. It's meant to, uh, you know, communicate a lot of things. It's, it's meant to take away some of this, in this case, questions, uncertainty, panic, fear in, in some uh, in some circles and so forth. But this coronavirus, uh, you know, Trump took to the to the Oval Office last night to try to to try to calm these fears, to try to remind us what we are in fact dealing with. Short, short speech. Uh, there were a few times that uh, may have sounded like the president had run out of breath or mixed up a word or two. I don't know if he has trouble reading the the teleprompter or if he was just getting out of breath as he was reading, but I'm sure that there's some folks that were out there mocking him on Twitter and so forth. But um, the, you know, the, the tone of the speech was was one of of calm, of one that sought to, <coughs> pardon me, to put these things in perspective. I think at this particular time, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of, nah, look, I'm not, please, I think we have to be able to discuss this like rational adults. Of course, this is something that we should be careful with. Of course, this is something that, you know, we don't, we don't want to get, but that's true of any, of anything. I don't want to get the flu. And again, I know some people lose their minds when you use the word flu in the same sentence as coronavirus. God forbid you use the word Wuhan coronavirus. People will lose their mind about that because that, of course, is inherently racist. Don't say Chinese coronavirus, as I believe Kevin McCarthy did, being accused by one of the squad members. I don't even know. I can't differentiate anymore between Elon Omar, the things she says, AOC, Ayanna Presley. I'm talking simply based upon the amount of craziness that – there's no uh, monopoly on craziness there. They all have uh, certainly got their fair share of craziness, and sometimes their comments can be confused. But but one of them attacked McCarthy for calling it the Wuhan virus. How dare how dare he do that? It's xenophobic. It's it's racist. In fact, to to call this disease this this virus something uh, that that's been it's been called in the media for a long time. So we got all these little tangents that we can take to uh, today, but the tangents are all are all fueling the uncertainty and and the fear. You got something that you can't see, right? I mean, we can't see this this virus, so that causes uncertainty. We don't necessarily know things about this yet. There's still. I mean, you'll still see headlines about really the things like the mortality rate, who's at the greatest risk, what the symptoms are. How I mean, there, there's reports that you don't experience symptoms for four or five days. So then people are thinking, do I have this and not even know about it? I've got, we, we've got stories of the NBA at least suspending. They're saying suspending, but this could be theoretically the end, I guess 
of the 2020 NBA season. There's a player, Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz. By the way, he's got his wingspan. I think his wingspan's like seven, almost eight feet. I want to say it's seven ten or seven eleven. He's a tall. I mean, he's tall anyway. Seven, maybe seven one or seven two. Big, uh, big shot blocker for the Utah Jazz. Um, he has been tested positive for coronavirus. The NBA says enough's enough. We're suspending our season. So this, of course, causes panic and uncertainty. The NCAA says that there will be no fans at the tournament. Look, I'm a fan of, of March Madness, as many people are, many of you listening to my voice. But having no fans at the tournament is definitely going to give uh, the tournament a different feel. Not not saying they should or shouldn't do it. I'm just I'm saying it's going to be different. Right? It's going to be different for the fan, the people watching. You know, you're going to be in clutch time, and normally you're used to hearing a roar from the fans or a, a key shot goes in, a great defensive play, a great stop at the end of the game. You hear a reaction from the fans, and that's not gonna not gonna be there, and for the players as well. What's that going to feel like? I, I don't. I don't know. That's an interesting. It's going to definitely be different. And you know, who knows? I don't know if the NCAA in uh, maybe in I don't say reaction to, but maybe in reaction to the NBA's decision to suspend. I don't know that that that's out of the question either. Um, that they, I'm sure somewhere they're talking about it. Do we just keep fans out of this tournament, or do we? Do we cancel this thing altogether? That would be a major, major decision and action. And, you know, for some people, they're looking around and saying, we have 1,200 confirmed cases. You know, we've got, um, obviously, for the people who have it, it's it's not good. For the people, you know, you're not minimizing. You're not minimizing the loss of life, but they're still uh, relatively... You know, just just a handful of people. Again, not minimizing this, but th- these are the things that people are thinking about in their mind. How do I, how do I, I guess, balance the concerns over coronavirus and living my life? You see things like the stock market. The stock market has been a major roller coaster. Yesterday was on the downward slope of that roller coaster, and. These are real impacts, right? It's it's not there there's the the impact of the disease which can be can be measured um, as much as you know those numbers can be measured as far as number of infections uh, the mortality rate that sort of thing. But you've also got other ancillary uh, problems, real problems that come from this. One of those is is the problems that we're facing in the stock market, and you look at this, and I mean, there, there's fear, there's uncertainty. This causes, you know, there's all sorts of fallout, uh, fallout and spinoffs from this, from fights over toilet paper to people's retirement plans being affected. People's, you know, if if you're retired, this may be, you know, you're no longer looking for growth. You're looking to uh, you know, live off of what you've built, and a lot of people are concerned about this because they may have seen their numbers drop pretty dramatically. 
and that's all been fueled. You know, fundamentally, the economy is is very strong, very very strong economy. But this element of fear, this element of fear, has um, created some some panic, created some negative impacts on the market, and these are real considerations because economic factors, whether people want to uh, admit this or not, but it, the 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 effects of economic tensions and fears affect i mean they affect businesses they affect people's livelihoods we've got people wondering if they should you know go to work and all these other all these other things should they be around crowds you know should i uh you know what happens if i've got someone in my family a lot of people might not be worried about themselves contracting this this illness, but they might be concerned about carrying it to someone who um, is a little bit older in their family or someone whose immune system is compromised. Maybe they've got a uh, some health condition. Maybe they're diabetic. Maybe they are. They have high blood pressure. Maybe they're in their seventies. Maybe they're undergoing some treatment. These things. There's all these questions, and so last night Trump came out to try to put these uh, put these fears, I think, to some degree into into perspective. And he cited the things that he's done, the actions he's taken to pre- uh, prevent problems here in this country. I mean, it's it's clear that massive steps have been taken by lots of people. Again, from the NBA, the NCAA, um, you, you see. Look at look at what's happened in uh, to the airline industry. There's there's pictures of flights that are, for all intents and purposes, empty. I mean, very empty. You've seen some of these pictures, I'm sure. The uh, cruise ship, the travel industry. You've got all sorts of you know, and, and some of those things are decisions of individuals. Some of those are decisions by, say, executives in the NBA or NCAA and so forth. These are decisions that affect really our daily lives in a lot of ways from what's available to watch on television to whether or not we can travel somewhere of course last night trump said travel to europe outside of the uk is not going to be an option shut down for the next 30 days excuse me for americans so all this stuff going on and Oz is telling me it's time to take a timeout, and I'm going to oblige here <clears throat> and take a timeout. But all these things, all these things are happening. Trump's trying to say, take a deep breath. Let's put this into perspective. So far, even though there are many communities that have reported, many states that have reported a couple of cases, or even in some cases dozens, or I think there might be over a hundred now in California. I don't. I don't have to look at the map, but. We're still talking about something that's relatively minimal, as most folks say. That if you catch this, the chances that uh, you'll get through this with rather mild symptoms is pretty, pretty high. It's if you're older. It's if you've got underlying health conditions that this becomes a factor. And of course, people are trying to prevent the the spread of this. That's what all this is about: is trying to prevent the spread of this. Um, because if you can contain it or at least slow it, keep it in pockets, the, the, the negative effects that it would have on the more, 
the more sensitive groups, the more vulnerable groups, um, the, you know, the, the better this is, this is going to turn out for folks. So Trump's being criticized. In fact, I've got a clip from Don Lemon last night. CNN, the ever, the ever so fair Don Lemon, CNN, out there telling folks how he's been confused as being a conservative. Last night he gets into it with John Kasich. I'll play that during the show today. Upset at Kasich for not attacking Trump over this, <laughs> over his speech last night. Crazy. I mean, literally, this is a day of, as I look at the headlines and the responses and just where we stand, it feels like a day of, of pandemonium. Trump was trying to instill some calm. And there's a lot of reasons, of course, to stay calm here, to not blow this out of proportion. But there's also um, people acting, seeing things that they've never seen before, especially with things like the NBA, the NCAA, uh, travel to Europe, that sort of stuff. So we'll talk about this, unpack coronavirus, look at a little bit at Trump's speech last night, and of course, share that uh, exchange between Don Lemon and John Kasich. When we get back here, you're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. sure if you could tell last segment, but I had a couple of pauses here because I had an unexpected guest in the home studio this morning. Apparently, our youngest daughter decided that she, uh, I don't know, couldn't sleep or some such thing. So she was, uh, she's six, by the way. So she was sitting on the stairs. And anyway, pleasant little surprise here this morning. She sat there quietly until it was time for the break, and she's been redirected, redirected back upstairs. So always, uh, you know, it reminds me, someone that uh, has the studio in the home, you know, in, in their home, it reminds me of that clip. Anytime I think of our, our you know, kids and, and, and business, especially with this show, I'm reminded of the clip where uh, a father was being interviewed, I think on BBC, I think is what it was, and... He's in his home office talking about stock markets or some such thing, or well, I don't know what it was, some something financially related, I believe. And one of his children opens the door to the office and walks in, and then the other child, which is still in a walker, comes <laughs> comes in. The the wife, his wife, comes diving in, crawling across the floor, trying to pull uh, pull the children out of the room and stay off of camera. Of course, that uh, is not what happened. It's a great, uh, <laughs> it's a great uh, YouTube clip or whatever it is for those, especially if you if you work from home, you can relate to some of this stuff. But anyway, had a had a guest here this morning in the studio, my youngest daughter. So last night, Trump is going back to this this speech on on coronavirus. Um, so there's a couple of of, narr- of narratives here. One is that Trump hasn't done enough. Trump is uh, you know con- sending out conflicting information. Trump, of course, is the problem here, as some people would say, and that needs to be uh, first and foremost in the minds of the American people, especially as we are heading into an election. This, by the way, look, of course, you open yourself to criticism here. 
um, as, as president. I mean, that's just the nature of it. But on the other hand, my goodness, shouldn't we get to a point to where people where you don't have to sit there and wonder or question the motives of people in the media? Why does this have to be political? I mean, of course, he should have to answer questions. But my oh, my. Do you realize, let's set the timeline here. This whole thing can be traced back to, I think, between Christmas and New Year is when uh, Wuhan knew that there was some some problems here. And I think maybe New Year's Day, they, they or excuse me, maybe it was New Year's Eve, they identified the particular virus. They called it COVID, whatever they, you know, COVID-19 Um since been called coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, Chinese uh, coronavirus, Wuhan coronavirus, all these different things. And, of course, you can't say some of those because it's inherently racist, as they tell us. I don't know about where that uh, – if you can still use the term West Nile virus as well. But anyway, these things are – this is the sort of thing that some people feel is important to talk about in our political discourse, as my visitor has returned here. But – so you've got all this debate about this uh, you know, coronavirus. What Trump's trying to do is simply uh, to, to calm those fears and to put some per- perspective on this. And so he takes some actions last night, and one of those is banning travel from Europe for 30 days. One of those uh, outside of the U.K. He's talked about some payroll taxes and some other things that can be done economically to prevent – or excuse me, to – to help those who have, you know, been diagnosed with the disease, uh, maybe there's the details are left to be worked out here, of course. But but basically, if you've been affected by this disease, Trump is trying to to say there's some some things that are being done that's that's designed to help. That's designed to help. I, I just want to say this: I do think, you know, in this culture that we live in. It's at times like this, if, you know, a lot of you I know, um, you might listen to another program here on Freedom 95, Dave Ramsey, and you've, you know, you, you live financially wise lives. No, a lot of people don't. And look, I know that everybody has seasons and difficulties and um, sometimes finances are, are, are tough, but this should serve as a reminder that we shouldn't live so, per- I mean, in a personal sense, we should we should take into account that things can can happen, um, and so we should we should prepare. We shouldn't live such a way that we can't uh, again we we can't function if there is a, a a problem, say like coronavirus, or you know maybe just losing a job or getting sick yourself, whatever. Those different different things. There should be a little bit of thought and preparation. And I'm, I'm saying that fully understanding that sometimes things can be financially difficult and I can, I can relate to that, that as well. But this should serve as a reminder that we should not rely on D.C. to help in these instances, although there's things the government can and, and should do. So anyway, there's all these, these you know, things that are, that are coming from this, whether they be potential payroll tax cuts and Actions by the government, quarantines, you know, and of course there's other uh, things that private companies or groups have done like the NBA, the NCAA. And then, of course, there's the decision of the consumer, the end user. Where am I 
What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How much am I going to live my life as normal and wait until I, you know, there's there's a an outbreak near me and then I adjust? Some people say, well, you know, maybe there's things I won't do on a day-to-day basis that I normally do. I mean, whatever that might be. And people are making their own decisions, their own decisions as well. But Trump last night is trying to, to put this to um, put this into into perspective, and he points points out that our response, of course, is is important, and that would stem uh, first and foremost from the choice. I, I look at it this way: that the individual's choice, the choice of local governments, the choice of the federal government, uh, those things that they that they do, and this is what Trump has to say last night in that in his speech and his address to the American people. The beginning of time, nations and people have faced unforeseen challenges, including large-scale and very dangerous health threats. This is the way it always was and always will be. It only matters how you respond, and we are responding with great speed and professionalism. And that's really the, the, the question, because he's been criticized, right? He's been criticized. He's There's too much... Uh, conflicting information he's been too slow do you do you know by the way to put this into perspective so i started by saying that this thing started just i mean we're looking at uh, what two and a half months ago is when this thing was first on the scene in, in china and it takes a while obviously to get your hands around this uh, for the medical community uh, to to figure out what exactly they're dealing with but you know what we were going through at the time do you remember this? I know you remember this, but sometimes our our dates don't necessarily line up. When we look back, sometimes it's hard to on a timeline to say, oh, when that was happening, this is what was happening here. We were in the midst of an impeachment. That's right, folks. So what's ironic to me, and by the way, when Trump said no travel, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese travel ban, he took criticism from lots of Democrats over this. Now they're saying he's not acted quickly enough. So here he is dealing with a phony, stupid impeachment. He's dealing with uh, coronavirus, even though even though they're telling him at the time he's acting, you know, uh, xenophobic. He's a, he's a xenophobe. He's uh, overreacting. He's he's targeting Chinese. I'm sure because. You know, he hates the Chinese and all this stuff, the typical narrative. That's what they say anyway. And meanwhile, he's dealing with an impeachment vote. That's what was going on then, folks. That's the time frame. The time frame was this stupid trial. Adam Schiff out there, the Democrats carrying those articles of impeachment, shuffling their feet through the Capitol building, acting like they're carrying the casket of the Constitution of the United States with somber looks on their faces as they prepare to sing dirges and cry, cry their eyes out for the death of the Constitutional Republic because of Donald J. Trump. They have to impeach him. They have no choice. That what was That's what was going on here at the time when this thing was just kind of getting up and running. The impeachment vote in the House happened, of course, before uh, before the end of the year, but the Senate took this thing up. Finally, after there was delays as to whether or not Nancy Pelosi was going to send this thing over there, whatever, all this nonsense, all this nonsense happening, this sideshow shenanigan, 
real problems with coronavirus percolating in the background. And what are Democrats doing? They're engaging in phony, silly, pitiful, pathetic political theater. Got to take a time out. Listen to the only conservative, not bitter talk radio. We'll continue this discussion about coronavirus, political stuff related to coronavirus. Don Lemon and John Kasich arguing about how terrible Trump's speech was last night. At least that's what Don Lemon was saying. The journalist. Yes, the, the journalist Don Lemon. But we'll talk about those things when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. should mention that this program is brought to you in part by our good friends at Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing. FreegeeAuctioneers.com is the website, F-R-E-I-J-E, Freegee Auctioneers with an S, FreegeeAuctioneers.com. There's an auction this weekend, this Saturday, March 14th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Now you can participate by going to the auction location, which is in Clayton, if you're in central Indiana, just a little bit west of downtown on US 40. You can also you can also go to the website, which I just gave you the information, click on the March 14th auction. And this, by the way, is annual farm and construction equipment auction. You can scroll down and there's a little link here that says click here to bid online for rolling stock. Got a list of the items. So you can bid remotely uh, on a lot of these, a lot of their auctions. So if you're outside of the area, um, if you maybe just don't have the time to make the trip, even though it's convenient as far as its location to downtown Indy, but you can bid online. Check them out, freegeauctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, Freegee, auctioneers with an S, Auctioneers. Dot com. So I want to play really quickly here. I've got us all off the the time um, today. I'm off off the. I've been late. The first two segments is what I'm telling you. So I gotta. I want to play this really quickly. So in the midst of all this discussion about how to handle coronavirus and all this sort of stuff, you got good old CNN. Gotta love CNN, and it's not just CNN, but it's the it's the the, the news media, the, the liberal media at large here, um, trying to pin. Some of the perceived or, I don't know, coronavirus response on Trump. And, of course, there have been some missteps. But this – look, this is the, the nature of, of big government. But first of all, this is the nature of humanity. Nobody's perfect. We're dealing with something that we're still learning about. This has only been – this has only been, what, two and a half months now. There's still argument as to whether, you know, the severity of this and who's really at risk. We're getting a better picture, I would say, maybe even day by day. But there's a lot of misinformation, and a lot of that misinformation is fueled by, you know, people being panicked in a sense. Some of it's from people. I tell you, I hate to say this, but there are people who take the Rahm Emanuel approach that says never let a crisis go to waste. If they think that this can politically harm an adversary, they will certainly – certainly use it. Meanwhile, the adults in the room are trying to figure out how to make this as minimal as as possible here. So I want you to hear, this is uh, yesterday afternoon when Trump was meeting, I think, with 
banking executives at the White House. He's asked a question by Jim Acosta. I want you to hear this exchange. Here it is. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned that you're not taking this seriously enough and that some of your statements don't match what your health experts are saying? That's CNN, fake news. Go ahead. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> that's, his, that's his answer. So that's, that's it, right? Trump says it's CNN. It's fake news. That's enough of that. Next question. You got to love you got to love this. Um, but what do you ta- what do you take? Jim Acosta asked. What do you say to Americans who are concerned that you're not taking this seriously enough? I mean, my goodness. I don't know what else should Trump do? Should Trump just come on TV and say, you know, this is out of control, every man, woman and child for themselves? Is that is that what they I mean, what do they mean not taking this seriously enough? I mean, we we've got task force, we've got travel bans, restrictions, we've got um, to, to say that this isn't being taken seriously enough, I guess they're referencing some of his, his remarks about the number of cases and he's comparing and contrasting it with the flu, which freaks him out because that's to them says you're minimizing it. When Trump's really saying, look, the numbers in comparison to the flu right now, the, the flu is much worse. Let's have perspective here, Americans. Yes, there's things we don't know. Yes, this should be taken seriously. Yes, my administration is taking steps. We just you know, passed an $8.5 billion bill to deal with this thing. Other actions are being considered. That's what the speech last night was about. What do you mean not taking this seriously enough? Jim Acosta, fake news. Perfect answer by Trump there, by the way. Get to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. We're listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. Scientific studies have proven, so be careful out there operating vehicles and heavy machinery. Back here in just a minute. So we played a little tiny bit of the speech. We played a little bit of Trump getting into it with with Don Lemon last night. I'm sorry, with with uh, no Jim. Fake news, very fake news. Acosta. I want to play this because I I don't want to this to move after the first hour. But I want you to hear this exchange last night. CNN Don Lemon interviewing John Kasich, former governor of Ohio, former presidential candidate who was running uh, 2016 contest where he was in fourth place of uh, out of only two candidates at the end of that race but i want you to hear this and i don't know if i can play the whole thing it's a couple minutes long but don lemon loses his marbles because Kasich wouldn't come out and say trump's speech was was terrible i want you to hear this now keep in mind don lemon has told us how he's a journalist how he's fair he's very fair-minded deliberate not engaging in politics he's even been accused of being a conservative (laughs) So I want you to hear that as I play. Sorry, I can't even take this seriously. But I want you to hear this exchange because this when, – when people say stop making everything political, this is exactly what they have in mind. Here is Don Lemon with John Kasich last night, CNN. Okay. It's giving me some trouble. Let's try this. Let's try this again. <laughs> Don Lemon last night with John Kasich on CNN. I don't know if he stuck to the script or not, 
but that whatever script he read I, I was wrong yeah. because they've had to clarify it several times. And I, I just got to say, if the president came I, out to uh, calm uh, people's fears, he didn't do a good job of it because they've had to come back and clarify it several times. And th- if this has been going on long he, enough I, for them to get it okay. straight. We need straight accurate you know information what, from this president yeah. and this administration and we're not yeah. getting it and i don't understand why you are tiptoeing around it he came out gave an address that old that usually you know ha- that happens very rarely and he doesn't get it right i'm going to tell you first of all he read it and somebody that wrote this look i don't want to get into that he what was why on not? today that's why and, you're here to talk he about was, the president's can I, address can i finish now no, but no, 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 you let can't, John. John, because we're here to talk <laughs> oh, about I the president's. Talk. Wait, we're here. I don't want you. To, I don't want you to go on mm-hmm. and deflect and talk about something else because we're here yes. to talk about the president's address. And and you said that someone else wrote it. He's the president. Even if bash. someone else he, wrote it, it should be. I know right. he did. And bash he has the to president. Be, Don, Don. He put the, he put this thing out because there was some confusion out there. Okay. This now is there's a more very confusion, John. And what I'm, look, look, I'm going to, I'm trying to say to you, Don, we got to move down the road. Looking back doesn't get things fixed. We're not looking back. The president's address, the president's address was tonight. That is the newest information with this, is the president's address. I think it was fine. That's what I think. You think the wrong, you think inaccurate information that you have to come back and clarify two or three times, you think that's fine? I, I, look, I thought he did fine. That's what I thought. I thought he had the right tone and he no longer played around with we're going to blame Democrats or we're forget this stuff. He, he's, I hope he's trying to move forward because he understands the seriousness of this situation. Now, the fact that they clarify, it isn't unusual in a speech for somebody to, to clarify something. OK, That's right. But I don't think that the tone he showed tonight takes away from some clarification. I think he set a serious tone. That's what I wanted out of him for a long time, and I think we got it. Well, I, does Kasich not know why he's invited on CNN? Lemon thought he had a guest on that was going to bash the president, I'm telling you. And he's upset because that's not the script. John, you're supposed to come on here and badmouth the president no matter what. What are you saying that you thought this this speech was fine? People had questions about it, John. It can't be fine. Unbelievable. From a journalist. Yes, yes, this is a journalist, folks. I tell you what, the world has lost its mind. I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You know what? I'll say after the break, if this is too confusing for Don Lemon to understand, I think I can summarize it here in 60 seconds when we get back from the break. See you then. If you're listening out there, let me explain this a bit. We have a virus, by the way, that was started in Wuhan, China. We can still say that without being called racist. It started in Wuhan, China. That virus has spread. That's a you know, we're still learning things about the virus. Trump stopped travel to China, which, much to the chagrin of the radical left, he was a uh, he was maligned for doing that to stop the spread of this they've passed a a bill that has sought funding to deal with this they are trying to keep this in perspective this is something that 
Um, while nobody wants, as it goes with any other condition like the flu, heck, a cold for that matter, nobody wants this. Doesn't mean that there's reason to panic, but there's steps that we're taking to prevent, protect ourselves, protect those who are more vulnerable. And that's really the message here, Don. I don't know what's so confusing about this. Anyway, continue this. Get into some other things here in the second hour. SDG, see you in a minute.